0: You're listening to the Bomb Girls Beacon, a podcast dedicated to the television show Bomb Girls. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Annie.
1: And I'm Stephanie. And just as a spoiler warning, we will be primarily discussing the first two seasons of the series. There might be some minor spoilers from the movie Facing the Enemy as well, but we're going to try to avoid those.
0: This episode, we're talking about Betty McRae, our beloved Betty McRae.
1: Beloved Betty McRae. So the drink special that we chose for Betty is a gin fizz, which is three parts gin, two parts fresh lemon juice, and one part soda, which sounds delightful and fizzy. Not really like Betty McGray, but I forget why we chose this particular one for Betty. Do you remember? I really don't remember. Okay. It may be that this one isn't particularly related to Betty, but maybe she would drink one.
0: (laughs) It might have just been like, oh, that sounds good, and... We we like that, and we like Betty, and let's put them together. Yeah, probably. Our flawless logic. <laughs> so, of course, Betty, as she's introduced, is the sort of quintessential reliable worker in the factory. And we often see her interacting with Lorna, and Lorna really trusting Betty with responsibilities at the munitions factory.
1: Right, because from the first episode the way that she's introduced is well, I shouldn't say the way she's introduced, at least at the factory, I guess. When she's talking to Kate, she talks about the fact that, you know, I hope all my tenderfoots aren't like you. So she's in charge of training the new recruits. So from the beginning, even though Betty's kind of a general assembly line worker, she doesn't have Lorna's sort of prestige. She is kind of higher up in the packing order of the assembly line workers.
2: Yeah, I like how that's she's introduced. She's she's literally the poster girl that we see on the promos for the show, the weekend do it kind of bicep curling, very, very stout, very sturdy, very reliable worker. But she's also very attractive in my opinion. But uh, as you find out, she's got a lot of story and a lot of heart uh, behind all of that. So it's not just working the line.
1: I think the fact that she is a reliable worker is really what forges the relationship between her and Lorna. They have a very, tight relationship. Probably of all, between all of Lorna's girls, as she calls them, I, I feel like her and Betty have the t- tightest relationship.
0: Right. Well, for example, when Teresa and the other C-Wax leave the factory, Lorna tells her, you'll cover quality control until replacements can be trained. I can count on you. And Betty responds always. And I mean, I think that sort of encapsulates their relationship. And I mean, Any talking about her being the poster girl, there are a couple of times in the series that Betty is literally chosen to be the representative of the factory and Mm -hmm. of the, the girls who work there, the bomb girls, so to speak.
1: Right. Because we have when the, one of the, was it the princess or the prince that was significant who came to visit? Wasn't it
0: like a, Duke and Duchess or the? I thought it was a prince, yeah. but maybe
1: I'm wrong. But there was somebody who of nobility, I think from the royal family, like lower down the line came to the factory and Betty was chosen to be the one who gave the presentation on describing what they did at the factory. And then we also had when they were doing the propaganda films at the factory, Lorna recommended that she be featured over Gladys. And I found that episode to be really fascinating where we see the propaganda film being made.
0: Right. And how just deeply uncomfortable Betty was with the entire <laughs> situation. I felt so bad for Betty in that episode.
2: I, I did, but I found it hilarious, too, how the propaganda has them as working women, but still wants them to be the woman at home at the same time, and how they, they literally transform Betty and the finished product from being with the overalls on with, of course, like the shirt tucked up, you know, so where she looks so uncomfortable and transformed at the end to uh, her working in the kitchen type dress on, which I found uh, hilarious, but also very indicative of where the propaganda was going at the time.
1: Yeah, the, that propaganda film, they... Like, Betty was appropriate in that she was a model employee, but she was not all those other things that they wanted to sell in the film. And it was just heartbreaking to see them turn Betty into this person that she wasn't.
0: (laughs) Right. And Betty's reaction to that. I mean, Betty looked like she was about to burst into tears when she saw the final product. So upsetting. Another moment I'm sure we all wanted to give Betty a hug.
1: When do we not want to give Betty a hug? Seriously, watching Mom know, Girls, it's just, I don't know, 18 episodes plus one movie's worth of me just wanting to give Betty a hug. But Betty, I feel like being the reliable worker also has caused her a couple of conflicts throughout the series. Like, we see her being really hard on Kate in the first episode when Kate makes a mistake and drops the, the amatol pitcher. And it causes like a spark. And granted, that could have been much more catastrophic than it was, but Betty was ready to fire her right then and not try to help her to learn how to do better. Even, you know, it was her first day and she really wasn't willing to go there until she was kind of talked into it. Right. And we see the same thing in the second season with Reggie. Absolutely. And that's where Lorna describes her as, well, like, you know, she gets into kind of a fight, an actual fist fight with Reggie and Lorna kind of takes her aside and is kind of like, and she says to her, you're strong, you're capable, just be yourself. That's what a good leader does. So I feel like sometimes Betty gets a little too consumed in work having to be perfect, and it causes her to maybe lose a little bit of compassion in those moments. hmm I think
0: that's actually something you kind of see a lot with characters that are that sort of, I don't really want to say repressed, but but- that sort of tightly contained, you know, Mm -hmm. because they're they've got everything so tightly locked down that they sort of, I don't know, they lash out in different ways or or are too harsh on people who aren't necessarily like that or whatever.
2: Well, do you think Betty is like that? Not just because she's a good worker and has a good work ethic, but she feels like she has to be perfect so that people don't suspect her secrets about the other parts of her life?
0: Well, that's what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, she's so completely locked down personally that, yes, she's a very good worker, but also, I don't know, there's like a certain, I think, internal resentment that that kind of creates or something. Yeah. Does that make sense?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, She she's okay. very hard on herself and doesn't allow herself any, not just for other people, but for herself, she doesn't allow herself much uh, leeway, I don't think.
1: No, she does not give people a lot of slack.
0: So, since we're talking about Betty and her secret keeping, she has two really big points, personally, that she keeps secret, both sexuality and her German heritage. And so, really, the show focuses more on her sexuality, of course. And so, it starts off with the relationship with Kate. And what's sort of interesting to me about that is that the first time we actually see Betty in the series is through Kate because Kate comes into the boarding house and can't get her door open. So Betty comes and opens her door for her is the first time that's, that's our introduction to Betty.
1: Yeah. It's very interesting that introduction to Betty because she's helpful, but at the same time, she's very aloof.
0: Right. Yeah. She's very brusque mm-hmm. and just matter of fact, Which I think again, sort of comes back to that whole sort of being kind of, personally locked down a little bit well and i don't know if it's too early to
2: talk about this but what is it about kate that betty sees that starts to break down those those barriers that betty is so careful to keep up
1: kate is hot yeah that <laughs> <laughs> i'm saying that from betty's point of view not my own
2: yeah but uh sure <laughs> I-, I think i think betty realizes that even from the beginning when When Betty is convinced not to fire Kate, as it was written in a review of Bomb Girls, it's like one look into those tearful, tearful eyes and she was done for. So I think she had a soft
0: spot for Kate from the beginning, even if she
2: put off an aloof front.
0: Well, I think the the thing is, yes, she found Kate attractive, I'm sure. But really, she wasn't completely compassionate toward Kate until there was the, the scene in the showers when she saw Kate's back. Mm-hmm. and the bruises and and everything there. So,
1: Yeah, Betty, we definitely see, has a very protective streak. Right. And Kate is a very, especially when she shows up, a very vulnerable person. And I think that's what first softens Betty toward her is the fact that she sees that she comes from an abusive house. And then just the fact that Kate is kind of naive and really needs betty as kind of somebody to look after her and kind of keep her out of trouble i think that's what really draws betty to kate
0: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah i think it's part of that sisterhood that betty had you know that all the girls have towards each other they're working in these conditions working a man's job and they come there from all different backgrounds but they're still watching each other's backs and i see that I see that Betty kind of instantly brings Kate into that fold once she sees that she needs to kind of be protected from whatever she was running from. She tells her that very early on, whatever you're running from, you're safe here.
0: Right, which really, I mean, that line especially keeps being repeated throughout the series.
1: Yes, we, we are often seeing Betty and other people, but especially Betty say, you know, you're safe here, I can protect you
0: but don't you think maybe to some extent she senses a bit of a kindred spirit in Kate just because Kate is also keeping such sort of huge big secrets, secrets. yeah mm-hmm. for yeah. sure
1: yeah. because Betty's really the first person who cottons on to the fact that Kate isn't exactly who she says she is so for sure the fact that Kate is keeping big secrets is is something that really draws them together i agree
2: well and the fact that Betty takes yeah she takes Kate Right away to um, get her papers forged and takes what is essentially a big risk, even though that was pretty rampant in those days for forging papers. But, to, but takes her there instead of turning her in, which she could have done too, but she didn't
0: want to go that route. Well, again, I think she senses a kindred spirit there. You know, like, how would Betty feel if she did do that? Because, of course, Betty has
1: huge secrets that she's keeping.
0: So. mm mm-hmm.
1: But it is interesting to think about the fact that she really went after Reggie for having forged papers. Mm -hmm. You know, she was too young. She looked up the fact when she went to high school and and things like that. But she helped Kate deceive the authorities in regards to to getting security papers passed through the clearance process.
2: Because as Stephanie said, she's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Kate's just hotter than Reggie.
0: The Reggie situation had bad timing. I remember Betty already being sort of in a bad mood and then Reggie just rubbed her the wrong way and she went off on her. So
1: yeah, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't hurt the fact that that she had just been kind of cornered and terrified by a German prisoner of war, escaped German prisoner of war.
0: So I'm sure that didn't help. And Dawson says also Reggie was not in need of protecting, was not vulnerable like Kate was. Yeah, for sure.
1: And as as Gladys very funnily points out in the locker room scene where where Betty's complaining about how Reggie has such a chip on her shoulder. You know, Gladys says, hmm, reminds me of somebody I know. You know, (laughs) she she and Betty have quite a bit in in common, so the fact that they have very similar personalities probably does not help. Right. Yeah.
0: Anyway, but we're way off topic now. Because we were talking about relationships with Kate and That's true. Are we done talking about relationship with Kate or or I I feel
1: like we can't be done talking about her relationship with Kate because Annie's here and clearly she has probably. Well that's what I was
0: going to say. It's like yeah. did you what? did you need to have a McAndrews you moment?
1: You love McAndrews. I Got do it. love
0: McAndrews. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So so what's
0: wrong with
2: McAndrews?
1: So what 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 do you appreciate about the relationship between Betty and Kate?
2: I always appreciate the protective side of Betty that she takes on Kate's issues and protects her. When her father shows up and wants to find her, even after that, because that's her nature. It's not just because she's attracted to her, but that certainly helps. So I don't know. It's a very sweet. It's very sweet on Kate's side because she's so unaware of Betty's affections. Uh, but as you point out, Stephanie, very heartbreaking at the same time because the relationship is Betty will always feel more for Kate so so far that we see throughout Season 1 and then uh, the other way around. But we see it evolve, and we see it change, and we do see their friendship still remain and kind of come full circle at the end of Season 2. But that's rooted... It's rooted in a really strong friendship. I just kind of hoped that... uh, they would go in that direction, story-wise. Since uh, I don't want Kate to, ha- or I don't want Betty to have unrequited love, but that's tough to watch. But it doesn't mean it couldn't go there. So,
1: yeah, I, I, you know, it's always so completely heartbreaking to see that scene at the very end of the first season mm. where Betty makes a pass at Kate and she just so completely rejects her. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like we as the audience understand why Betty thought she might have a chance. But I I also feel like I
0: understand why Kate reacted the way she did. So Yes.
1: Well, exactly. But I feel like the reason Betty thought she had a chance was just because Kate was so naive. Yeah. And had never probably really had a friend quite like Betty ever, and that's why she was like so expressive and emotive and open with Betty. And Betty mistook that openness for uh, for like affection and love and kate didn't mean it in that way it didn't even occur to her to mean it in that way i
2: mean it's it's hard for me to watch because my question is why didn't it ever occur to kate was it just because of her upbringing she couldn't read any of the signs you know that betty was the one who would risk the most of her that would protect her all the eye sex, you know. I just, I, I'm like, you couldn't get any inkling of a clue. But, you know, it is such. It's it's heartbreaking, but it's it's good acting, good good writing in that scene. And I remember Chris was myth- with me when I first watched it, and I'm literally shaking my fist, going, and she starts laughing, and I'm like, no. So, and he was yeah. pretty upset. I was pretty damn
1: upset. Well, I think for Kate, from what we see of her, she just had such a sheltered upbringing. I don't know that she had any significant relationships outside of her family because they were so mobile. And so the idea that she has friends, real friends, she would just be so ecstatic about that. It wouldn't occur to her that somebody might interpret it that way, you know, yeah. because she's so inexperienced at having friends.
0: Well, and we know too, from the first episode that basically she, she once looked at a man and smiled and her father like physically hurt her. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. So, it was actually kind of interesting I had I had a little bit of an exchange with Sally at some point about this. You have to explain who Sally is. Sally is one of our friends who I was it my fault that she watched Bomb Girls? I can't remember now. It probably. It probably was. <laughs> Cuz we all course
1: and probably Just own it Chris, probably.
0: <laughs> okay. But she was telling me, you know, she she talks Bomb Girls to me. Fairly frequently. And so after watching the movie, she was talking about the McAndrews stuff and how she didn't necessarily see it a lot in the series, but thought there might be more of something there in the movie, but then sort of said that she sees it really as as affection and potentially romantic affection, but she's like, I'm not sure if there's any sort of sexual attraction There And then she sort of followed that up with, I'm not sure if Kate has really ever had any sexual attraction for anyone, for that matter. And I think that's a fair point. But that's really more about Kate than about Betty.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I mean, I think we talked about it when we talked about the movie, how we liked how it was left really ambiguous at the end, that it could go either way. But I think the most important thing to me as a viewer was that they really did have that friendship that still was established and that still lasted through everything and that they did decide they were comfortable enough to move in and be in the house together. And that Kate could give Betty whatever she could, her friendship, her love, you know, maybe a, a, you know, somewhat romantic, but still platonic love, not necessarily sexual. And Betty might, you know, still be aware of wanting more, but she would rather accept Kate for what she would give, what she would give her in her life than not have her in her life at all and risk pushing her away again by making sexual advances toward her.
0: I know I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. I love that bomb girls prioritizes friendship. Mm, yeah. Me too. Mm, yeah.
1: But but going back to Betty keeping a secret about her sexuality, probably what's most heartbreaking to me about the scene where Betty makes pass at Kate at the end of the first season is that she's just made this huge gesture towards somebody And then when Kate reacts so strongly, she immediately tries to take it back and be like, no, 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 I don't, I don't think that about you, et cetera, et cetera. Like we see her be emotive again when, when she's leaving with her father, but just the fact that she immediately tried to close back in on herself and, and try to take back what she did is just so sad to watch and to see her confess to Gladys at the end of that episode. She says, you know, my secret's out princess is, it's just, oh, it's so heartbreaking. And I feel like we don't really see that idea of My Secret is Out come back to haunt Betty in that way all that much in series. I think there's one point in the episode where she got, you know, beat up by some service, well, they weren't servicemen, some guys who were trying to give her and Teresa a hard time. Somebody does make a wisecrack on the line as she's walking through with her black eye. You know, who'd you try to kiss this time? But I don't know that we see Betty get that hard of a time for for being a lesbian.
0: Well, to me, that was about Kate's father. And that does come back almost immediately because there's the note. Right. Right, right, right. And then the note comes back even later at the end of the second season. So.
1: No, definitely what happens does come back to haunt her, but I feel like we don't really see her getting that badly treated for her sexuality until we get to the movie so much.
2: Yeah, that's that's the point that I was going to make, because that's one of the first things Ivan says to Kate. He goes, what about your your friend? And the way he says it is very kind of derogatory, so... That made me want to smack him. But but yeah, we don't see it affect her so much. I think we see her very Betty being very apprehensive about walking into the factory at the end of season one. But I don't know if we see it come back so much in so many lines or in so many like getting harassed on the when she's on the line as per for specifically for being a lesbian as opposed to being a woman.
1: Though like I do mention, we do see her get, you know, pulled into somebody's car and kinda of beat up because of of her relationship with Teresa but but as far as like at Vicmu, I guess is what I'm saying I don't think we feel I don't we don't see her get mistreated so much until the movie I feel like
0: yeah well because I'm not sure that anybody at Vicmew actually knows anything yeah yeah for sure
1: well
2: but at the same
0: time you know she says my secrets out princess and gossip gets around again that's what I'm thinking she means it in the terms of Kate's father knows. Her secret's yeah. out in the sense that somebody other than her knows. Herself knows. Okay.
1: But she did, I mean, she did kiss her at a club. She kissed her in a public yeah. arena, which I found kind of interesting. But granted, there weren't all that many people there, but Leon saw. And yeah.
0: Well, she just couldn't help it because Kate's that hot. Yeah. So. <laughs> but Leon's decent people and wouldn't go yeah. gossiping. That's true.
1: But um, I guess the point I was trying to get to is we do mostly see Betty struggling with her sexuality as a secret until we got to her relationship with Teresa. And then I feel like she gets to, you know, the conflict really between her and Teresa is that she feels like Betty's being too open about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I think Teresa was the first lesbian that she'd met. The only other one that she'd met that they just had different ways and different takes on it, on how to hide their secret. So Whereas Teresa thought she was, Betty was being too open. Betty's very Betty and just saying, well, this is me kind of, she's pretty much a take it or leave it kind of person. So she doesn't know any other way to be than to just be her.
0: Well, there's an interesting part of the oft quoted email that Sally sent me (laughs) about bomb girls. I cannot stress to you how extensive Sally was in her character analysis once she found out that we were going to do this. It's a huge email, folks. It's long. But it's a great email.
1: <laughs> it's fantastic. It is.
0: I love it. Which is why I keep reading from it. But Sally says, though I think the show does a great job of portraying that she's still coming to terms with it, talking about being gay and hiding it, though I think the show does a great job of portraying that she's still coming to terms with it, figuring herself out, and etc. she's not an experienced, seasoned, closeted lesbian like Teresa, is the way Sally phrases it. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I think Where we meet Betty, she knows that she's different. She feels that she's different. And she wants to blend in and be normal because she feels different. But she isn't aware of how to have relationships she wants to have and not get called out for them. I feel like Teresa has probably had a relationship with a woman prior to Betty, is the sense Mm -hmm. that I get. Yeah. So really... Teresa not only knows that she's different, she knows there are other people out there like her, and she's probably been through a relationship with another woman prior to this and knows how to hide it and get away with it, but Betty's not to that point yet.
2: Well, I think that's why Betty's making a move on Kate seems like more of an emotionally driven, impassioned move, almost impulsive, because she can't hold it in any longer, whereas that's something, comparatively, that Teresa wouldn't have done, you know, to just kind of go out and say it because she can't help it any longer. She has to express her feelings. But for Betty, it's kind of a trial by fire.
1: Well, when when Betty and Teresa first kiss, and I think this is a fantastic scene, you know, Betty says them to the extent of, you know, could this really happen so quickly? And they kiss, and Teresa says, seems to me you've been waiting a really long time. And I feel like Kate's probably the first person that Betty has met that she thought maybe even possibly ever, ever, Would she maybe be interested in me the way that I'm interested in her?
0: And that is something, going back a little bit to what we were talking about before with Kate, again, I think this sense of isolation also is what perhaps to some extent draws them together, that they Mm. both feel rather Mm -hmm. isolated Mm -hmm. in that
1: way. Again, because of the secret keeping, yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're the only one with this secret, or the only one with this struggle, and they don't know how to completely deal with it, or if they can ever trust anybody fully.
1: Because Kate tells Betty really early on she's, that she's not who she says she is, and she needs fake papers. Mm-hmm. So she does not keep that secret from Betty for very long at all.
0: I think it's the second or third episode.
1: Yeah, it's the sec- Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's either second mm-hmm. or third. I don't remember off the top of my head, but very early on. Mm-hmm. But as we mentioned in the Kate episode, I feel like in regards to the relationship between Betty and Kate, we still, even after Facing the Enemy, I think we're still left with this, are, you know, does Kate love, love Betty? Can they have that type of relationship? I I think right now, the writers are really writing it ambiguously. I think it's more clear in the TV series that Kate probably isn't interested personally, but definitely I think the movie leaves it on a very ambiguous note.
2: Well, maybe Kate, Not necessarily grew to that realization of the possibility that she could love Betty, but she certainly understood the sacrifice that Betty made for her and went to prison for her and knows that she owes her this debt that she can never repay and certainly is grateful for her friendship and for the love that she gives her and still wants to see her and keeps all of her things and still stays at Vic Mew. So... I think maybe she's thought about it a lot in the months in between. So, I mean, not necess- again, not necessarily the fact that they could be romantically involved, but just the importance of what Betty did for her is huge.
0: Has anybody read Strangers in Paradise?
2: No. No. What I've heard about okay. it.
0: Okay. Because really, kind of, Betty and Kate kind of remind me of Kachou and Francine. But nobody knows what I'm talking about,
1: so... Maybe somebody listening does and they'll be like, Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Or
0: no, Chris, that's stupid. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> it's fine.
1: <laughs> so thinking about Kate's relationship with Teresa, I, I think Betty and Teresa are pretty darn cute. I don't I don't like think they're OTP or anything like that, but I really like I, I, I like Betty and Teresa. No, 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 no. Oh okay. I just like of the two choices we've been presented, I would ship Betty with Teresa over Kate just because Teresa's a lesbian and says yeah. that she's a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, but but I think they're really cute and, but I always have sort of questions about about Betty and Teresa. So, do we think that Betty slept with Teresa just because she was the first other lesbian she encountered? I th- I
2: think so. I mean, not that there wasn't a mutual attraction, but I think Teresa was a very patient and very you know it's like your first it's they teach you a lot of things so. I
0: think she certainly appreciated having a person like that in her life. I don't think it's just because, but I'm sure that was a contributing factor. Yeah, I, mean, I think it was a big contributing factor, but I think there was attraction
2: there. But I, I do what I always think is amusing is that Teresa's gator obviously worked really well, because uh, I'm envious of it, because I don't have any gator, So <laughs> I'm just saying... <laughs> She just sussed Betty out right away, and I, I'm like, oh, man, why can't I get one of those? So,
1: Yeah, that was with the gist of what I got from the conversation that they have after they sleep together. Betty said something like, you know, I don't think I would do this for, with you if I thought I would see you again. So I think she was was really curious about sort of the, the the sexual side of relationships between two women and... Kind of took advantage of an opportunity with Teresa, but I I do agree. I think she was attracted to her. It wasn't just because oh lesbian, See yeah. her. you know, yeah, <laughs> oh, look, yeah. somebody willing, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I don't. Well, the thing is, is that I don't know how much Betty was aware of how many people there were like her that were quote unquote different mm-hmm. as opposed to Teresa. That's my that was my distinguish. Yeah, that was my that was the point I was trying to make in that Betty was willing to be with teresa because she could show her things and was attracted to her but also she's like oh someone who's like me and gets me you know that's also a big contributing factor in being with her
0: right again that whole finding somebody with whom you have a a kinship i guess yeah and i'm not the only one that's what betty can finally say
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: kinship that's what i mean
1: yeah. And, and like we mentioned, the, the big conflict for them was the fact that, you know, Betty finally has this relationship. And she feels like because there are so many women around, nobody's really going to notice because women dance together all the time in absence of men and this and that. And which is true. I feel like couples who are comprised of two women are much easier to sort of blend in to mainstream society than two men are because it's more socially acceptable for women to be touchy feeling with each other and 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 things like that but this leads to a big conflict in their relationship but i i I do really love the i don't know the (laughs) the moment between the two of them where where betty really sticks up for teresa and and kind of gets beat up and teresa like gives her a kiss and appreciates the fact of of betty is who she is like she, she doesn't Yeah, I feel like she finally kind of gets that, okay, this is just who Betty is as a person.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And of course, they also, I think it might be, it might be that same episode. They do a really good job of paralleling different groups of people because they have, Betty dances with Teresa second, right? She starts out dancing with Gladys. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Betty dancing with Gladys is not a big deal, because they're just friends. And then she grabs Teresa to dance. And then Teresa's kind of like, you know, watch it, Betty. (laughs) And then later they go to the movies and they they actually have – they have the the shot where Betty and Teresa are sort of secretly holding hands. Like they Mm -hmm. both cross their arms and then hold hands with the hands that are between them. Mm -hmm. And then I think there's a pan over to next to them where I think Vera grabs Gladys' hand –
1: I don't know that I've ever noticed that before. Interesting.
0: Hmm. So, yeah, again, it's this, because it, they don't think about it at all, mm-hmm. Vera and Gladys, because why would they? They don't need to, there's no subtext, there's no other yeah. motivation there. But, yeah, they they sort of grab each other's hands because something happens in the movie. But, but yeah, they make a point of showing the two mm-hmm. pretty close together, the, the two handholds, mm-hmm. sort of in contrast. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember at one point somebody actually tweeted a picture to Allie Liebert. It was actually, it was a post with, with a lot of different pictures, but the one in particular that the person was tweeting to Allie Liebert was a photograph taken at a Beatles concert back in the 1960s of the crowd. And it was of two women who sort of took advantage of all of the craziness going on around them because of the Beatles to, I think they're kissing in the photo and it's actually a really lovely moment. And the, the person said, you know, this picture reminded me of Betty. And, and I really do like that scene in the movie theater where we see them and in, in the, in the jewel box where we see kind of both of them taking advantage of the fact that it's kind of socially acceptable for them to be doing this because they are two women in these arena kind of taking advantage of the fact that people are distracted by something to have these little sort of sneaky moments of connection between the two of them.
2: Yeah, It's like, taking advantage and we can kind of hide in plain
0: sight kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But still the fact that they do did sort of the secretive handhold mm-hmm. versus the not even thinking about it hand grab. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And yes, I saw that, that tweet with the picture. Yeah.
1: yeah. So do you think we'll ever see Teresa again? Or do you think that's, that's it for her if they come back with another movie or, or more episodes or something? I think that would definitely create
2: interesting conflict and, in- renewed heartache with Betty if it did. Yeah, I mean, I'd... My McAndrews feels wouldn't like to see that, but logically, storyline, I think that'd be really cool. And you know what? She she can come up riding on the Canadian fishing boat and bring Vera with her. (laughs) (laughs) Look who I found! Yes!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. We're making a reference to a prior episode, if you're unfamiliar listener. (laughs)
2: <laughs> i just have this image of Teresa being pristine in her seawack uh uniform and bringing along a dripping wet Vera bird her <laughs> disheveled uniform she's, with a piece of seaweed hanging off her
1: ear carried her all the way from <laughs> the coast of the atlantic <laughs> back to
2: toronto <laughs> i got somebody you're missing
1: <laughs> Betty, you know, beaned by the refrigerator off of the boat. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Chris? <laughs> I don't remember anymore. Are we going to see Teresa again? You said?
0: Oh, oh, oh yeah. I never did answer that, did I? No. Get to. <laughs> I- I'd be surprised if we saw Teresa again, or at least that's what I was going to say before you came up with the
1: <laughs> <laughs> excuse of
0: bringing, <laughs> bringing Your Drippy back. Vera back.
1: Well, because I'm like, if if we get to see Vera in the CWAC, I would love to see her serving alongside Teresa. But, yeah, I kind of get the same sense that it's unlikely we'll see Teresa yeah. again, which makes me sad.
2: Well, here's, here's my question about Teresa when we were talking about her feelings versus hiding a relationship and being more on the down low than Betty. I mean, does she do it just because she's in the CWAC, she has more to risk and more to lose in a position? Or... You know, just because personality-wise, she's learned how to live with it. I would speculate she's had a previous relationship and she's kind of gone through all of that heartbreak. And you know,
1: I think probably a little of both.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: because you know she's not only like obviously Betty loves her job, but Teresa. This you know the CWAC was was newly formed in World War II for women, and you know she Teresa went through a lot of training and. I think she feels like she would lose a lot of commitment that she put in to this, this opportunity that she might not have again after the war is over.
2: So. I, I get the impression that Teresa loves and takes her job very seriously from yeah. that character. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, that is one of the most heartbreaking scenes for me to see is when Betty gets beaten up when she's defending her Teresa. And I'm like, what kind of men beat up a woman like that? So, you know, as Lorna Later says, uh, in the episode. And, uh, I was just like, that was the moment where I wanted to give Betty the biggest hug. So for sure. Yeah. I'm like, you don't do that to a woman. That's just not right. So.
1: Though I also feel really badly when Teresa leaves and she and Betty can't like kiss each other goodbye because yeah. people come into the boarding house. Mm hmm. hmm.
2: Yeah. And then it's like the last, you know, when she sees her and it has to be all formal and she's just marching out. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's at the factory and Betty's She thinks, kind of yeah, ass. that's the
1: last time she might ever yeah. see her. And she just yeah. has to be like, goodbye, Sergeant Okay, Hill. goodbye. Yeah. yeah.
2: And they have to, yeah, be completely formal with each other. It's really hard.
1: But uh, I think the thing that's
2: most potentially heartbreaking about Betty's story is that, you know, this is not a fictional issue. There were people that lived through this, you know, in the '40s in real life that had to go through this, and I just really want to acknowledge and commend the people that came before us that had to live in silence, with wanting to be out but they couldn't because society wouldn't let them. So it's really, I really give credit to the Bob Girls crew and the creators for including a lesbian character in this storyline because it's not a fictional isolated incident.
0: As we've talked about. Really, all of the main characters are characters who are marginalized in some way or several ways.
1: Well, and I find it interesting that because we in the Kate episode, I was talking about how how does the war affect Kate's storyline exactly, and trying to puzzle that out. And I and I like that for Betty. I feel like they they very intentionally put in there what the war afforded women like Teresa and Betty who weren't sort of these women who are focused on getting a husband, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I think some of them weren't lesbians, but maybe many of them were. And they're, you know, Betty and Teresa have this exchange about how the war is something really good that happened to both of them because they don't stick out like sore thumbs anymore.
0: Right. Yeah. And there's that scene, too, when Gladys takes Betty to the bank. And the woman at the bank says something about, oh, don't worry, you'll find someone I did, or, or something like that. Yeah. Or don't, don't lose hope, I think is what she says.
1: Yeah, you'll find a man I did, yeah.
0: And Betty has that look on her face. Because, again, the whole point here is that as long as the war is going on, it's it's not noticeable that Betty isn't married. So mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and they, at the bank they keep saying, well, where's your husband? Is he going to co go slide on the house? They didn't say that any. Oh, they didn't say that. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I thought they asked or something. But then in the movie, you know, when Betty is going to try and get her house again, and she says, "Kate, well, they denied me the loan. They called me
1: a big risk, and a couple of other things. A couple
2: of other things." And I'm wondering, well, what were those couple of other things besides you're unmarried, you're a woman? And I'm wondering if rumors had gotten around town that Betty was different, and that they had heard about that because she has been in jail, and you know, they knew that whole history.
1: Yeah, I think we were maybe supposed to assume that because that whole thing probably got press. The, yeah. the thing that happened between Betty going to jail because of, of Kate's father's death and things. So, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think the thing that they cited at the bank when she was there was Gladys was they were asking if her father could sign something. Oh, father. Okay, sorry. I believe is what it was. Yes, the other big secret that Betty's keeping, which we didn't find out about until partway through season two, is that... Betty is of German heritage. and So much so that she speaks German, even. Yes. Uh, well, they spoke it at home, she said, when she was mm-hmm. a kid. because it's Was it her parents that came over or her grandparents? I forget I now. She said her she grandparents. Grandparents? Yeah. Okay. yeah.
1: Because she says her grandmother spoke German at home, and she got her to teach her her onion cake recipe before she died. That's right.
2: So my question is about Betty's German heritage, is that historically it's like, How many people were like in her situation where they had relatives that came over that were a couple of generations removed that then were, what, naturalized Americans that just integrated into the workforce? But if they were discovered, of course, they'd be branded as traitors and sent off to who knows where. So it's another huge secret that Betty's keeping.
1: Right, because we have an example of somebody who's hiding German heritage, even more recent German heritage. In, in the movie. Mm-hmm. And that is what happens to her. She she kinda gets carted off and arrested and yeah. bad things happen to her. Mm-hmm. So I but yeah, I find the the fact that Betty's not only keeping the fact that she's a lesbian a huge secret, but the fact that she's also of German heritage a huge secret. It really, really interesting. It's like, oh Betty, if you didn't have this other thing Yeah. There has to be this other thing. Yeah.
2: Now you've really got a bad thing. It's not just a societal stigma stigmatism that will, you know, be connected to you for being a lesbian. It's the government that will come down and arrest you and incarcerate you. And who knows what, if they found out that second secret you're keeping. But my question is, does it
0: ever really come up again? No, that's what I was about to say. That That's the thing that kind of surprises me is I don't think the show ever mentions it again.
1: Nope. It's just in that one episode with the German prisoner of war.
0: When potentially it's more dangerous
2: for her, that secret, than her being a lesbian. You know, I mean, they both
1: are, but. I think that might equally be, because I feel like probably being homosexual was illegal at that time. Because she mentions being labeled a deviant and arrested at the beginning of season two, so.
0: Really? Oh, okay. Um, I mean, the one did get her beaten up. Yeah, fairly badly. So, yeah, Yeah,
1: they're, they're both pretty dangerous. Yeah. But I, I I found the conversation that she has with the German prisoner of war really interesting. And it was fascinating to me because I've been slowly rewatching Bomb Girls with my partner. And when we got to that scene at the end of that episode where Betty turns in the POW, my partner actually was disappointed in Betty. They're like, Oh, Betty, why? It's like, well,
0: <laughs> he, he didn't? physically hurt her.
1: Yeah, yeah, he attacked
0: her, and he didn't have to. And so. she does have to protect herself by turning him
2: in because he knows her secret. So, yeah, I was, I was a little shocked, but then I was like, oh, yeah, that was kind of the right thing to do. I mean, for her own self-preservation,
1: because especially since he, she tried to show him some kindness mm-hmm. and and stitch him up, and and yet he still attacked her and tried to escape. Like, I understand his motivations, but, and yet, you know, Betty was trying to be more helpful than most would have been, probably. Yeah. Right. But, you know, I, I find this, the exchange between the two of them where she says at the end of the episode, I, you know, we are not the same. I'm not the same as you. Really interesting. Because earlier that how, that was how he, she kind of gained his trust, right? As she speaks to him in German and says, we are the same. But at the end of the episode, she asserts we're not the same. And do you feel like, I felt like that was a really appropriate conversation, given where Betty kind of was in regards to her storyline about her sexuality as well, because she was still kind of trying to maybe convince herself that she could be with Ivan and be happy.
0: Mm. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good point.
2: Yeah, like maybe I can go and, you know, I'll just bury this deep inside me and try to go with society's norms. But really, I can't. I have to be who I am when it comes to my own sexuality and who I want to be with. It's that it was worth the risk.
0: So, the other major defining characteristic of Betty, which we've sort of talked about already, is that Betty is the hero. Betty likes to play the hero. She's pretty good at playing the hero. And she certainly is, as we've talked about many, many times just in this episode, she's incredibly protective of Kate, especially. And the line, you're safe here now, said numerous times. I say numerous, I, I'm thinking, Two or three times? Probably.
1: At least two times, if not... Yeah, two or three times.
0: It's a repeated line, is what I'm getting at here. And it's very significant in that relationship. Because really, Betty is almost sort of too protective of Kate. Don't you think? Yes, I agree. And then, of course, there's the other scene, which Stephanie mentioned earlier. The scene where she's telling Teresa that she's not trying to be a hero. She's trying to live her life. And, of course, there's... Given the time and circumstances of the series, there's sort of something inherently heroic in that. Thoughts, anyone? I just have to say, no, my, I just as I tweet
2: occasionally, I heart protective Betty. That's probably one of my favorite aspects of her character. But that, I'm just a big old softy for that part. So I, I probably go, oh no, she's not too overprotective of Kate. I'm like, I just like that part. So. But I have to watch it again to be sure. So, But I like how that still extends into the movie as well. So That even though Betty has her feelings for Kate and probably still has to, to some extent, hide her true romantic feelings, she's still protective of her and still cares about her a great deal. So,
1: Absolutely. Betty just trying to live her life is for sure her trying to be a hero. Especially the idea of Betty trying to live really authentically to herself, even if she didn't end up with a woman, but not ending up with a husband, trying to main, remain in the workforce. She really was a hero in that time, mm-hmm. trying to live the, a life that she really wanted versus the life that people expected of her.
2: Yeah, trying to be independent, wanting to own a house. That's her dream, just on her own. And the fact that this was established pretty much from you know day one makes her, that's why I think she's such a popular character of on the show
0: yep because i was thinking about this that with betty's character they've managed to strike this really interesting contrast between her being incredibly competent and confident but at the same time she's got this huge thing that's sort of eating away at her inside it seems like right i mean
1: Mm -hmm. is that is that fair to say Mm, definitely because you know even as as Ellie Liebert would would describe Betty. She has this really swaggery walk. She puts off a vibe that's kind of like nobody mess with me. She has an outward appearance of confidence. And I think she's probably cultivated that because she's so insecure about herself. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's like, she has that outward shell, but inwardly, she would always, she, she doesn't believe in her own heroism or her own. I guess, goodness or willingness to help people. She's like, well, that's just who I am, but I'm just doing it just to get along in this world and to just stake out my own little piece of happiness. You know, as she says to Kate in the movie, you know, I just deserve my own little piece of happiness. Why can't I have it, so to speak?
0: There was an interview with Allie Liebert where she was talking about going out into the world, sort of walking around as Betty, and she says nobody will... I forget if she said nobody will talk to her or nobody... It wasn't nobody will talk to her. It's either nobody will look her in the eye or people get out of the way. I forget exactly what it was she said. but <laughs> She's not that intimidating. It's I can so imagine like-
1: that people would get out of her way, though. Like if if yeah. they were walking the other direction from her on the street or something, they would give Betty a, a pretty wide girth. Yeah. Betty seems like very purposeful when she strides.
0: Yes. Yep. A determined walk. Yeah. Yes.
1: Speaking of protective Betty... I love in, I forget which episode it is exactly, but the one where Gladys realizes that James has been having an affair with Hazel and Hazel's been stealing things of, of Gladys's because she's jealous, essentially. I I love when Betty and Kate overhear Hazel confessing to Gladys, you know, that she stole things, but she's not going to confess to Mrs. Corbett. You know, Betty walks into the, the doorway. And, blue is not the
0: shift for you, hazel,
1: yeah, and says blue isn't I don't think blue's the shift for you, hazel. <laughs>
0: that's episode three,
1: <laughs> there we go, but I love that protective buddy coming out toward Gladys, and it, it's I think it's more about the fact that she doesn't think it's it's cool what Hazel's been doing, but you know, I think finally seeing actually actually, that's not true. I think seeing Gladys is vulnerable to you know, being betrayed by the, the man who's supposed to love her and, and not really affecting her the way that it does. I think that makes Betty finally kind of warm to Gladys and, and be protective of Gladys in a new way.
0: Yeah, Betty really does seem to respond to people being vulnerable, that she does become very protective of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think we all want a Betty McRae on our side in our life sticking up for us. I do. Betty is a good friend to have. Yeah. They've certainly shown, Yeah. All of them, really. All the main characters. Good friends to have. Mm -hmm. Mhm. Mhm. Okay, so when we were talking about doing the Bomb Girls podcasts, we got an email from Erin, and Erin asks, Do you think Lorna knew about Betty's feelings for women before the letter in Season 2, or do you think that's when she found out? I tend to think maybe Lorna knew Betty considered herself different, but she didn't exactly know how she was different until she read the letter and kind of pieced it together.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Because I think Lorna, she's very aware of things, but can't always... You know, sometimes she's like a little bit in denial, like she was about what was happening with Jean. And she doesn't always want to see the truth. But, you know, she'll still do what she can to... She could have acted on those feelings or investigated more, but she'll protect her girls. But, uh, yeah, I think it took that letter to kind of give her that nudge and go, oh, okay. But... I think maybe her getting the truth confirmed or putting all the pieces together was kind of shocking, so she just didn't, maybe she had to think about it, and she, that's why she didn't act on it right away and burn the water right away. I don't know. But I think we've talked about, I know, Stephanie, you've mentioned Gladys being aware of Betty's, Betty's feelings for other women, Betty's feelings toward Kate, and how um, she seemed not to mind. So,
1: I'm not entirely convinced that Lorna thinks that Betty likes women. Like I I know she reads the letter but I'm I find her reaction to when Betty denies it kind of inscrutable cuz I feel like to me Lorna with Betty is just like this is Betty this is somebody I'm going to protect I kind of don't care if it's true or not. Yeah. So I I actually don't know if she's fully accepted the fact that Betty does like women. I'm still on the fence about that.
0: Yeah. Right. I'm I'm with you. I I think to me, Lorna's entire response to the whole thing is sort of like plausible deniability. He's like, I don't know, and I don't want to know, because I know Betty, and I trust Betty, so I don't need to know about any of this. Mm-hmm. If I don't know about it, I don't have to do anything about it, which is in itself sort of a way of protecting Betty.
1: So. Yeah. Because even at the end of the season where she's like, why didn't I burn that letter? To me, that wasn't her saying, I knew it was true, and etc., etc., cetera, et cetera, but more just... That was a really harmful thing against Betty,
2: right? Why didn't I protect her?
1: Exactly. I feel like Uh. she's more kicking herself of Why didn't I destroy this thing that I knew could could be harmful to somebody I'm protective of? Not so much. Oh, I knew this was true. Why didn't I get rid of the evidence? I I didn't get that feeling definitively, Mm -hmm. right? Because
0: either it's true and it's harmful to somebody she cares about and thinks highly of, or it's libel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: So we would love to know some of your thoughts about Betty. I think for the three of us, Betty is definitely one of our favorite characters. And I think she's certainly a fan favorite, given what we see on Tumblr. So... <laughs> 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 well, who doesn't love Leebs? <laughs> Thank Leibs. you. Leebs. That's my attempt. Who doesn't love leebs? Shall we
0: group Leebs cry? Okay. Okay.
1: Ready? Wait. wait. So
2: do it on a one, two, three, so I'm prepped. Okay. Okay.
1: We're going to go one... One, two, three, and then Leibs. Not okay, Not okay. one, two, and then Leibs. Okay. Okay. One, two, three.
2: Leibs!
1: There's a group Leibs cry. <laughs> Is that good? Okay. <laughs> but yes, let us know what you think of Betty and of Leibs. We would love to know your thoughts. You can send us those thoughts in a variety of ways. You can go and leave a comment on the show notes for this episode over at thebombgirlsbeacon.tumblr.com or you can leave us an ask. You can send us an email to bombgirls at drinksofthedoll.com, doll is spelled D-A-L, or you can send us a voicemail by leaving a message on our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223.
0: You can also get updates on the Bomb Girls Beacon by following me on Twitter at Chrisgen K-R-I-S-G-E-N. I I feel like I should have made some sort of Ich liebe Leaves comment in there somewhere, but... (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Chris. And I'm Annie. And I'm Stephanie. And we'll see you next shift.